I want to uh, begin by sharing the Christmas narrative with you from the book of Matthew chapter 2. The scripture says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from the time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may too go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Can you say praise the Lord today? I want to just encourage you about this one thought, that you and I have the great honor of coming to him time and time again, day after day, year after year. Returning to the manger, our topic today, means returning to where it all began for us. Thank God for an incarnation. For if there was no incarnation, there would be no crucifixion. There would be no resurrection. There would be no glorification. There would be no second coming. And yet today, we're faced with a brand new 90-foot idol that culture tells us we must bow to. It's no longer enough that we accept other lifestyles or philosophies. We're being demanded that we bow. Well, it's time for us to let go of any idols in our lives and come back to a place where we bow to Him with all of our hearts. We need to return from pulling off and pull off from our natural lives once again to what really matters, pursuing and worshiping the one true king. There's only one. Today, so many things are being crowned by a king, by even Christians, and often they don't even realize it. Today, culture is king. Today, sport is king. Entertainment is king. Career is king. And you and I know from social media, opinion is now king. Self is king, pleasure is king, religion is king, money is king, material things king, famous king, secularism is king. But Christmas reminds us that Jesus truly is king. St. Francis of Assisi created the first living nativity in the 13th century to teach and remind those that he flocked and those he cared for spiritually that it's all about Jesus and worshiping Him to celebrate the Incarnation. We're influenced by that image to this day and impacted by His ministry and His legacy. But we can still learn much from that scene. We can learn much from that example. Just a word about the Magi today to understand what these folks were, where they came from, what they did. They weren't kings as sometimes referred to, but they were religious wise men. They were probably from the land of Persia, the old Persian Empire, present-day Iran. They were not three in number based on the gifts. That's where the tradition comes from. In fact, scholars tell us there were at least 12 with a very large caravan, but who in the world wants to set up a nativity set with 120 pieces? 
There were Zoroastrian priests, which is a mixture of astrology, astronomy, and the magic arts. Zoroaster, the founder and principal prophet of that religion, worshipped a god called Ahura Mazda. That god meant wise god. They were early monotheists, which is extremely rare for anywhere in the world. And Zoroastrianism actually predates both Christianity and Islam. Mazda comes from the tame of the god, Ahura Mazda, the god of harmony, intelligence, and wisdom, which means if you own a Mazda, you're wise and intelligent. Or you're just a pagan. <laughs> Moving right along. The Magi were probably following a star in response to a prophecy that was given through Zoroastrianism. And I want you to know that God can use anyone or anything to advance his agenda. He is sovereign. They did not arrive at a stable in proximity to his birth, but they actually arrived at a house where they lived about two years after his birth. That's the reality, but it doesn't change the ultimate meaning that they pursued the one in the manger. And that's what we should be doing. I want to encourage you today that returning to the manger means, just like the Magi, pulling away from the influences that are affecting your devotion and your priorities. They had to leave behind their religion, their idols, their heir to go after the truth. And it was staggering that they would do such a thing. Number two, taking the time to make him first place in our lives again. It took them at least 12 days to get there, probably by camel and probably by foot. Herod's clan, including the Pharisees that day, even though they heard about this miracle of the star, even though they in fact were you know, inquired by the Magi, where in the world you know, is this son to be born? Where is this king to be born? None of them left to go with him. I find that staggering that the ones that had the scriptures and the prophecies didn't go with the Magi to search for the child that their own scriptures spoke of and talked about. Listen to this scripture and be encouraged. No, it was Zoroastrians from the east that actually went out and pursued him. We're reminded in Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. They'll call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Amen. That's the way we need to be today. It also means going the distance to seek him. You know, some today in our county wouldn't even cross the street to worship the king. These folks traveled 1,081 miles from Persia's borders to Bethlehem to worship a king. They were risking opposition to side with Jesus. That Herod's spirit that was alive then is alive today and wanted to destroy that child then as he wants to destroy God and his people today. They paid the price to worship him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, representing his royalty, his divinity, and his ultimate mortality and sacrifice for you and for me. It also means we understand the ramifications of doing so when they returned to their land trying to explain why they worshiped the king outside of Zoroastrianism. In fact, these people were bold, courageous, and they were hungry for the truth. Amen. It meant returning to what we once walked in and knew to be true. There's so many in the United States today that need to do so. And not just in the, in the pew, but also in the pulpit. Today we're told that up to 35% of the churches in America had no services today. In other words, making Christmas about anything but the, the one coming to die for you and for me. Returning to what we once walked in, listen to the scripture from Zechariah 1.3. Return to me, declares the Lord of hosts, and I'll return to you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you, James 4 says. Isaiah said, I've blotted out your transgressions like a, a cloud and your sins like a mist, for I 
have redeemed you. Aren't you glad today to be here and be here redeemed by that same blood? And shalt return unto the Lord thy God and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, you and your children with all thine heart and with all thy soul. That's the voice of the Spirit of God today telling us return to the one that was in the manger. So how do you do it? It's not real complicated. And the Magi give us an example that's perfectly easy to follow. Number one, seek him. Bring yourself. Amen. Say it with me. Bring myself. myself. Strip away all the sin and weights and give yourself over to him wholly. Fill your life with new and daily discoveries of his nature, his character, and truth. If they could seek him, surely today we can seek him being on the other side of history and on the other side of the cross. Number two, worship him. Bring your worship. Acknowledge there is no sovereign but God and Jesus is king. Shout it out. There is no sovereign. But God and Jesus is king. We seek him, we worship. Number three, we give to him and their example. Bring your gifts, your time, your talent, your treasures. You're going to invest more in 2023 than ever if you're still seeking him in that year. God truly gave us the best. Now invest in our time, our abilities, our lives, our resources in that very same mission, that very same redemptive mission should be easy for us to do. God gave us the best. How many know that we can do better as well? Amen. And then four, share him. Bring others to him. You know, an entire entourage came to find him. Friends and families and co-workers and strangers, they all need Jesus today. It's not enough just to go to the place yourself. You need to go and bring others with you. It changes lives forever. Amen. We have been individually changed. But now those of us that have have known him should return to these things with a greater commitment, with a greater zeal, with a greater passion than ever before. There are four behaviors that all who would return to him and stay with him. And they include seeking him, worshiping him, giving to him and sharing him. Amen. Amen. Say it with me. Sharing him. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. Pastor, I'd like you to do a message on each one of those today. That's not going to happen. So please keep us till four o'clock in the afternoon. No, but sometimes, you know, the simplest and the shortest things are the most powerful things. And I'd like you just to pray with me a prayer of commitment today on this Christmas day. Maybe you have never given your life to him. Maybe you've been away from him. Maybe you don't know what it is to be a born-again person, but today you can go. For those of us that have known him, returning to him in a fresh commitment is a wonderful thing to do. So pray this with me out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I understand people who did not know you, they were not worshiping Jews. They were completely unattached to the covenants of God, pursued you, sought you out, worshipped you, gave gifts to you, and were forever changed by you. On this Christmas day, I'm making a decision to do the same thing. I seek you, I worship you, I give to you, and I'm going to share with others the good news of what you've done for me. Here's my life. Here's my heart. You gave me the best in Jesus. And now I give you my life. All the days of my life are now yours in Jesus' name. Amen.